We're going to John, the third chapter. If you turn there and look there, please. Gospel account of John, chapter 3. We've been on a series on Fridays for some weeks now that we're calling In the Spirit. In the Spirit. John 3, verse 5. Jesus answered, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So just because you're born of flesh, born of a woman, born naturally, does not mean you're automatically then in the kingdom of God. There must be another birth, a birth from above, a birth of the Spirit. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So he's making a very marked differentiation between flesh and spirit. They're obviously not the same at all. You got flesh and you got spirit. Verse 7, he said, marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. Now in the fourth chapter and the 20th verse, the woman at the well of Samaria said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you say, Talking to Jesus, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So basically, she's saying, who's right? Us or them? Us or you all? (laughs) About where is the right place and right way to worship. And you'll find that people get into large and small wars over natural things. Churches have split. Over which side of the platform the piano should be on. Oh yeah. Or what kind of carpet should be. I'm not exaggerating. Well that shows carnality. Right. And it shows that you you don't know what's really important. And Jesus went on to say uh, in verse uh, 21. He said woman believe me. The hour comes when you'll neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Now what does he mean? That people in those two places couldn't worship God anymore? No. It's that your worship is not going to be based on where you are. Or what you're doing in the flesh or physically. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. Boy, that's true with a lot of folks. We know what we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. Abraham and his seed. But the hour comes. And now is. When the true worshipers. Shall worship the father. In spirit. And in truth. For the father seeks. Such to worship him. Worship. Praise. Prayer. Faith. All these things are not a matter of physical exercise. They're not a matter of uh, repetitions or memorizing things or going through the physical motions at the right physical place. None of that works with God. Verse 24, God is a spirit 
And they that worship him must, if you're going to really be, you can do some stuff, but notice he just got through saying true worshipers. So a lot of people are doing a lot of stuff, but for all the good it's doing them, they should have quit a long time ago. You know, people are spinning wheels, they're counting beads, they're chanting things. Isn't that right? We're talking about millions of people and more. And people think, well, if I go to this certain place and I dress this certain way and I do this certain thing, then God will hear me. No, with him, it's about the heart, always about the heart. And that things are not just done in the flesh, but done in spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord. In the 6th chapter and 63rd verse, Jesus said this, John 6, 63. He said, it is the spirit that quickens. Now, the spirit we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. And he is also the spirit of life. Numerous names that you'll see describing the Holy Spirit. He's called Obviously, first of all, holy. He's the Holy Spirit. He's also the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of revelation. He's the Spirit of resurrection. I mean, there's numerous phrases that describe who He is and how He functions and operates. And by any one of those, you can see by contrast what He's not. If he's the spirit of life, he's not the spirit of death. If he's the spirit of truth, he got nothing to do with a lie or deception. Come on, can you see that? If he's the spirit of peace, he's not the spirit of fretting and being upset and angst and worry, fear, right? He's the spirit of faith, he's not the spirit of doubt. The list goes on. And he's, Jesus said the spirit quickens. The flesh is good for what? (laughs) It's good for motoring around down here on the earth. Because if you lose your flesh suit, you got to (laughs) leave. You got to have one. You know, just like you'd have to have a space suit to be out in space, but you got to have an earth suit to be down here. But you're not just a body. This body is the house you live in. It's your vessel. It's your tabernacle. You are and made in the likeness image of God. You're a spirit too. Amen. And he doesn't want you just doing things just in the physical, just in the natural, just in the flesh. If you want to do something that resonates with him, that he can receive, that he can respond to, it'll have to come from the inside. Not just the outside. Well go with me please. We've talked about a number of things. We want to advance some more today. Go to Isaiah. The 61st chapter. And the first verse. This is a passage of scripture. That we know Jesus used and preached from. Repeatedly. We have reason to believe. That Jesus often in town after town and place after place where he went, he would take this text and read it 
and preach on it. This very one right here. The Spirit of the Lord. What Spirit? The Spirit of the Lord. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, right? We're talking about what's in the Spirit and what's flesh. What is the Spirit? The Spirit of the Lord, he said, is upon me. You know the Holy Spirit can be upon you. We need to differentiate between the Spirit within and the Spirit on or upon. Yes, He's in you when you're born again, but it's also the will of God for Him to come on you. Thank you, Lord. I never forget uh, some most earliest experiences in my life of the Spirit coming on me. And thank God some recent ones too. But uh, when I was just a boy, I must have been, I don't know, eight or so, and uh, went to spend the night at Grandma's house in the wintertime. Well, that old house was cold, but Grandma, uh, my papa, always built a big fire in the fireplace, and you were good for a little while till that went out. Yeah. <laughs> but then Grandma had you backed up with about 12 quilts. Anybody experience it? I mean, she'd layer them until usually you're like this. You, you can hardly move, but if you'll just stay put, you'll be warm. <laughs> well, I went back to the, to the bedroom, the blue room. It was painted blue. And my grandmother had given me a book by a man of God. And uh, as I was reading this book, it talked about miracles that had happened in this uh, person's uh, life and ministry. And while I was in the bed there reading that book, the Holy Spirit got in the bed with me. My, my, my. Every, every child of God needs to have experiences of the Spirit of God coming on you. Coming on. And if you haven't, then you want to press in. It is for everybody. Everybody. Here I am, eight-year-old boy. Well, Spirit of God came in that room. He was already there, but he manifested. Hallelujah. Where I could sense him, where I could experience him. And um, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I cried. I, I thought I might laugh some. I didn't know what to do. I mean, the Spirit of God will move on you and you, you, you won't know which way to go. But you'll know you want it to happen again. Right away. Hallelujah. And so the Spirit of God comes on you. Yes, He's in you when you're born again. And He'll never leave you. And He won't forsake you. But He also will come on you if you yield to Him. Amen. Focus to Him. And we need this. Amen. Are you open? I think everybody ought to say, Lord, I, I'm open. I'm, I, I want your Spirit. To not only be in me, but to come on me, manifest on me, in my house, in my car, at my job. Hallelujah. Amen. Be open. Keep reading here. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, to the humble. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, 
opening of the prison to them that are bound. Thank you, Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. That they might be called trees of righteousness or trees of what is right. The planning of the Lord that he might be glorified. In talking about what is the spirit versus what is flesh or what is even the wrong spirit. We've been talking about he is the spirit of life. He is the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of grace. We've been talking about different things. Here's another one. He is the spirit of joy. Somebody say the spirit of joy. Look at that verse again, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. Now oil is a type of the anointing. And there is joy oil. There's healing oil, there's saving oil, there's revelation, enlightening oil, but there's joy oil. Oh, somebody say joy. Joy oil. Joy anointing. The oil, well, it said oil, didn't it? Oil is greasy. Oil is slippery. Oil remedies dryness. I just feel so dry. That's because you are. And what you need is to get oiled up real good with Holy Ghost oil. Are you bold? I know, huh? Anybody bold in here? Didn't say oil me up. Holy Spirit. Spirit. (laughs) A lot of folks are more than a quart loaf. (laughs) More than a quart loaf. Now, now again, we're talking about two different things. Someone said, well, I got the Holy Spirit inside me. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit inside you. We're talking about the Holy Spirit on you. If you drive, it's obvious lack of oil. Huh? How many got some hand lotion at the house? Come on, anybody got any, any hand lotion at the house? Any, any conditioner for your hair? I mean, why? Why? To prevent dryness. To address and remedy dryness. Is dryness a problem? Can dryness be an issue? Yes. Especially certain times of the year. And reckon dryness is an issue in the body of Christ. In the worldwide church. There's a lot of dryness. Hmm. There's a lot of dryness. Sadly there's a lot of services. You can hear cracking. 
as the service progresses, which is why people want them shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> oh, but if you got enough oil, I said, if you got enough oil, you don't care how long the service goes because you are thoroughly greased. And when you're greased enough, you can slide right through. You can slip right through all kind of issues. Is that right? Enemy try to bombard you and, and hold you up and stop you. And you just go, whoop. And he goes, where are they? Where'd they go? When you're greasy, you're hard to hold on to. You're hard, hard to catch. You're hard to stop. <laughs> greasy in the Holy Ghost. Greasy. Greasy. And one of the big indicators of how greasy you are, in a good way, is joy. Somebody say joy. joy. The drier you are, the less joy you have. Sign of extreme spiritual dryness is that you don't laugh anymore. You don't sing. You certainly don't dance. You don't do all that. And you even have Phrase it. Well, I just don't think all that's really necessary. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that you don't have to do, but sure is fun when you do. Right? <laughs> Lord, deliver us from all this dry, dry stuff. I don't want dry services. I don't want dry sermons. I don't want dry chapter reading. I don't want dry praying. If it's dry, something's wrong. That's an indicator of flesh. Can you see this? We're still talking about what's spirit and what's flesh. The drier it is, that means no oil. Which means flesh. And if something requires oil, the longer it goes without it, the more binding it gets, right? Start squealing, which explains a lot, right? Squawking, squealing, shrieking. Complaining. There's a saying. The squeaky wheel. Gets the grease. This is not a scripture. And it's not right. Not right. You don't get more Holy Spirit anointing. Because of more complaining. And squawking. Just the opposite. We're going to talk about it more. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus said. Right. Isaiah prophesied it. Jesus quoted it. He preached on it. It belongs to us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because yeah. he's anointed me. 
Somebody said out loud, the Spirit of the Lord Lord is on me. me. Because Because He has anointed me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me. All you need to say it, you need to say it. If you don't believe it enough to say it, you don't believe it enough to have it. So let me give you another opportunity. Say it out loud. The Spirit of the Lord Lord is on me. me. He has has anointed me. me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me. me. Part of this anointing, verse 3, the oil of joy. The oil of joy. In the place of mourning. Now, here's the thing about the oil of joy in the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has nothing to do with your feelings. It has nothing to do with getting a good report or getting the money or feeling good or any of those things. In fact, the time you most see it is when you feel the worst. That's when it shines the brightest. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Somebody say garment of praise praise. for the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. Now here we see a big contrast. We see the Holy Spirit ministering oil of joy but there's another spirit spirit of heaviness we do not want to yield to heaviness you have I have before if you've lived very long I assure you you have didn't have to shouldn't have most folks live their life and never learn not to But just because you feel heavy does not mean you have to act heavy. This is where walking by faith comes in. Just because you feel depressed, feelings of depression can come. And they're real. But as a child of God, you're supposed to resist that. Not just give in to it. You're supposed to resist it. There are times you need to stomp your foot and say, get out of here. Get out of here, heaviness. Get out of here, grief. Get out of here, sorrow. Get out of here, depression. I resist you. Leave me. And you need to change clothes. You need to get all up real good. And then put on the garment of praise. Peel off that old spirit of heaviness. Peel it off. You know Ephesians talks about. Put on the new man. Somebody say put on. Put on the new man. Are you supposed to do that? Reckon you should put on the garment of praise. But many people would tell you. I'm not a put on. And so they never do it. 
They never what? Put on. Put on the new man. This is referring to uses a, a clothes or a coat or a garment in symbology. Just like he uses the word here, garment of praise. Well, a garment, we, we, we got garments all over here tonight, thankfully. <laughs> How'd you get in these clothes? You had to put them on, didn't you? You had to put them on. Well, what if you refuse to put on? It's not going to be on you. And if you hear the exhortation or you tell somebody else, put on the garment of praise. And they go, well, I don't feel like it. Well, you didn't feel like you had this on before you put it on. That's true. If you'd have waited till you felt like it was on to put it on, you had to put it on before. You had to put these on. I had to put this jacket on before I felt it. If I had waited till I felt it on me and then going to put it on, I'd be coatless tonight. I'd still be waiting. I'd still be waiting tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, because you have to put it on before. You feel it. You have to put it on. Before. Thank you Lord. Praise God. Dave help me out here. Come on up here brother. Take your coat off. Hold it up here for me please. Just hold it up like you want me to put it on. What if I said. I'm cold brother Dave. I'm cold. And he said well here put this on. And I said no. Now, you know, if I'm cold, I'm not going to say I'm not. And I just call it like it is. And if I'm cold, I'm going to say I'm cold. He'll say, I understand, but, but put that on and you'll warm up. And I said, no, I'm not a put on. I am not a put on. I, I feel cold. And so I guess I'm just going to be cold. And if I get to feeling warm, I'll put it on. If I get to feeling warm, I'll. But I, you know, I'm just real. What if this is the garment of praise? Everybody say the garment of praise. What if this is the garment of praise? What what did the Bible say? Put on the new man. And we're to put on the garment of praise. What if I say, I don't feel like praising. I actually feel lousy today. I feel bad. Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me that I'll I'll get my praise. And the Lord is saying, here, put it on. No. No, and if I get to feeling better, I'll I'll praise. But I'm not going to act like I'm going to praise when I don't feel like praising. I'm, I'm real. And I'm, yeah, real carnal. Real fleshy. No, if you're cold, you you put part of it on, and you're not instantly warm, 
but you begin to feel a little bit warmer and you put the other one on and after a while you start feeling you put it on first. Then you feel. Thank you, Dave. You put on you put on praise like a coat. You put on praise like a garment. Before you feel like it. Before circumstances change. You put it on and begin to say, glory to God. Not because you felt like it, because you're putting it on. Praise be to God. Thanks to the Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And when after you put it on, you'll begin to feel it. After. After. Somebody say the oil of joy, the oil, the oil of joy, instead of the spirit of heaviness, praise God, the garment of praise, hallelujah. Romans 14, they'll put it on the screen for us. Romans 14 says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, Romans 14, 17, but it is righteousness or rightness it is peace and it is joy in the Holy Ghost somebody say joy in the Holy Ghost the The kingdom of God it's not in natural things you can't get your diet right enough to get close to God no you can't the Bible says specifically that you can't You can't get your natural things lined up enough that that's going to make you acceptable to God and please to God. It's about heart. And one of the biggest things that is you yielding to the Holy Spirit and will cause joy to come is believing. Somebody say believing. In Romans 15, go there please. Romans 15 says, now the God of hope, Romans 15, 13, the God of hope fill you with what? Fill you with all joy and peace in what? In believing. Believing is connected to joy and peace. The God of hope Now hope is expectation of good. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in confident expectation through the power of the Holy Spirit. Said out loud, joy and peace in believing. In believing. Philippians 1.25 talks about the joy of faith. The joy of faith. You show me somebody that's in faith, I'll show you somebody that has some joy. The stronger in faith, the greater the joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Even if you are making some good confessions, If you're still depressed over it, you're not in faith. 
Simply or not. Why? Because if I'm fully persuaded of the good thing the Lord has told me, it gives me expectation of a good thing. If I'm expecting all my bills to be paid, if I'm expecting paying off everything, extra coming in, is that right? That doesn't depress you. That excites you. If I'm expecting my body to change and wrong symptoms lining up and being able to do what I want to do, need to do, and with long life the Lord satisfying me, showing me his salvation. If, if I'm expecting that, that doesn't make me want to lay around and feel sorry for myself. If I'm laying around feeling sorry for myself, I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting to stay the way I am or get worse. Faith is evidenced by joy or the lack of faith by the lack thereof. The more faith, the more joy. The more joy, the more strength. The more joy, the more oil. The more oil, not dry anymore. Amen. Say that loud. Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord for, delivering me for delivering me from spiritual dryness. Spiritual dryness. <laughs> 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 if you get to feeling dry, don't just keep going. I mean, I, I have been dry, had, had my hands dry at times when I didn't have to. Phyllis offered me some uh, lotion some grease but it smelled so pretty that I declined (laughs) well then that's my fault that my hand was still dry right (laughs) well how many believe the Lord is offering us all the oil We would ever need to prevent dryness, heal cracking, right? And make us so slippery, the devil can't stop us, can't hold on to us. (laughs) Well, it's obvious when you're dry and cracking and got no joy and depressed, it's easy for the devil to pin you down and cause you problems. Praise God. Look in Luke the 8th chapter and you see what we're talking about. Luke chapter 8. Verse 12. Luke 8, 12. Talking about what we call the parable of the seed, the parable of the sower. Jesus said those uh, by the wayside are they, the, the word was sown to them, said they hear it and in comes the devil and takes away the word out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved. Just because you hear the good word, that doesn't mean automatically you're going to have some results. The enemy comes, tries to take it away. Verse 13, They on the rock are they, which when they hear, they receive the word. How do we know they did? How do we know they did? With joy. But these 
on the rock, they have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And do you know how you could tell when they got offended and when they fell away? It'd be the same time that they lost their joy. Sadly, we've seen that too many times. People get excited about God, get excited about the Word, get excited about faith. And so they launch out and and they pray and they confess and they release their faith. They sow, but then didn't happen as quickly as they thought it would or didn't happen just the way they thought it would. And by and by, they don't have the root. They don't have the staying power. And so after a while, they, they believe the lies of the devil. Well, that didn't work. There's nothing to all that stuff. And so that would be exactly the same time when they lost their joy. They lost their excitement about serving God. They lost their excitement about tithing and giving. They lost their excitement about praying. They lost their excitement about reading the chapters, reading the Word. We should never dry up and get bitter and get sour nobody enjoys being around bitter and sour am I telling the truth nobody nobody enjoys being around grumpy bitter dry complaining that's when you got all that squeaking and squawking because it's so dry they're unhappy because they're so dry and they're trying to make everybody around them feel like they do. But you don't have to feel like that. And they don't have to be like that. We can get them greased up again. Right? And the squeaking can stop. And the squawking can stop. Praise God. The oil of joy. Praise God. Instead of mourning. The garment of praise. Instead of, in the place of, the spirit of heaviness. You don't have to go around heavy. You don't have to go around sorrowful. You know the rich young ruler. He got so stirred up. Hearing Jesus preach and teach. Seeing the things that were happening. He ran to Jesus. And he said, what else do I need to do to go all the way? What can I do to inherit Enter the kingdom of God. And the Lord looked at him and loved him. And he said, well, you, you want to go all the way? This is what you need to do. You need to liquidate. And come follow me. Become part of the team. How many think that would have been the end of his sowing? Or would there have been a harvest on the other end of it? You know it would be. But he went away what? Sad. Sad. See, that's the moment he quit believing in this. That's the moment. He should have been more excited than ever. Really? Really? I get to be a part of the team? Yep, come on. Okay, okay. I'll go. He'd have been calling the office. Is that right? He'd have been talking to the bank. But that would have required faith. Faith that God's going to take care of me. Right? Faith that this is not the end and I won't be broke the rest of my life. It would have required faith. Faith maintains its joy. 
And as long as I'm believing, I got joy. And I got peace. The moment you quit believing, you can tell it by the look on the face. You know, in, uh, in healing school, I had a privilege of working in Brother Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And I saw after a while that if people got quiet on me, they're in trouble. You know, people, they're, they're getting bad reports and they got symptoms and it's understandable. But maybe you go visit them in the hospital and whatever. And when you see them just sitting there, quiet. Well, if something don't change, they're going to die. Miracles happen all the time for folks that believe. But if they just sit there and they try to put on a, a stronger face, if somebody comes in the room, oh, hi, how you doing? But you can sense the depression. You can sense the fear. If you don't get rid of that, there's not going to be any miracle. Why? Because if you're in faith... What's there to be depressed over? Did I lose somebody? Yeah, but I got a bad report. Yeah, but God's bigger. Yeah, but I have to die. Said who? Said who? All things are possible. To him that believes. Other people have been healed. Other people have had miracles. God's still in the miracle working business. Right? But it takes faith. And faith doesn't feel sorry for itself. Faith doesn't lay and cry and feel sorry for itself. Faith doesn't lay and tremble in fear. First of all, dying's not the worst thing that could happen to you. Oh, I lost somebody right there. If the Lord tarries just that much longer, you are going to die. You need to be ready. If you live to be 100, it's going to come and go real quick. A lot of you are already halfway there or more. So you need to be ready to go tonight. If you're not ready to go tonight, you better get yourself ready to go tonight. You don't know about tomorrow. And that's not the worst thing that could ever happen to you. To die just simply means you leave this body like a hand comes out of a glove. And you go and depart to be with Christ. Which is better than being here. And when you got no fear of dying. The devil loses his leverage. What if you die? Well if the Lord tears is coming I'm going to die. I'm ready to die. Somebody needs to say it. I'm a believer. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm ready to die. Hallelujah. Whether it's tonight or next week or 20 years from now or 100 years from now, you need to be ready. You need to be ready now. Now. If you're not, don't leave here in that condition. This world's a dangerous place. You can leave before you thought you was going to leave. You need to be ready. And if you're ready, you can have joy. <laughs> there was a man of God that had a situation and the doctors were saying, you know, we don't know about this procedure. You know, you, uh, you might not survive it. He said, what a thought. <laughs> you mean I might see Jesus right away. Right. Woo! Amen. 
It ought to be so real to us that you cannot scare us about dying at all. And if you get free from the fear of death, the devil loses, he completely loses his leverage over you. And now you're ready to live. He can't scare you. But right up under that line is I don't have to go when he thinks, the devil thinks I ought to go. I don't have to go with one of his stinking diseases. I don't have to go with one of his dumb accidents. I can go when me and the Lord get good and ready for me to go and not before. Somebody proclaiming, I will live and not die early and declare the works of the Lord with long life. He'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Now, if you really believe that, how can you tell? How can you tell? If you really believe that, it gives you, it makes you glad. And that gladness, that joy gives you strength. If you're still depressed over it, you don't believe what we just said. You don't believe those verses. If you're still depressed over it, you don't believe it. When you start believing it, you'll start getting as wild as the rest of us. Oh, yeah, you will. Well, I just don't think. Oh, yes, you will. You just watch and see. Well, I'm more as a yes, you will. You will. If it's real, if you're full of it, hallelujah, I'm talking about full of gladness, full of joy, full of faith, a glad heart, a cheerful heart, it makes a glad countenance. It shows up on your face. You can hear it in the voice. You can see it in the eye. As long as you're well, I, okay, okay. You just don't believe it yet. You just don't. You've heard it, but you don't believe it. You don't believe it. Thank God. His word is true. Oh, somebody say his word is true. Thank thank God. His word is true. If you catch yourself just sitting and being quiet and being melancholy, kind of sort of feeling a little sad, if you want to be defeated, keep going that way. If you want to be robbed of the rest of the years of your life, if you want to be robbed of your finances, you want to be robbed of victories, just keep on doing it. But if you know the truth, you better get yourself by the ear. Is that right? Snatch yourself up out of there and say, Where's that garment of praise? I got to put it on. I got to put it on. Come on. Here here we go. Here we go. Put it on. You don't feel it yet, but you better be putting it on. Put it on. And you get to praising and you get to thanking and you get to declaring that God's word is true. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. All my needs. He does meet. He does supply. Right? You start decreeing it. You start proclaiming it. And if you really believe it, the oil of joy, gladness, that's the Holy Spirit. And you want to yield to him and just go further and further with it. 
this depression, this heaviness, that's the flesh. And even wrong spirits. You don't want to go there. You don't want to yield to that. Because it will just get worse and worse. And you'll get weaker and weaker. And you'll just be talking night and day about how you feel. I just feel. And I feel so. And and I don't feel. And and I just wish I felt. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Where's that garment? where's Where's that praise jacket at? Break it out. Where's the oil? I'm feeling dry. Come on. Come on. Pour some oil on me. We got to get greased up. If we're going to have a victory, we got to get greasy. (laughs) I wish you could see some of the looks I'm seeing. Some of them are not joy. They are not greasy. They are dry. Come on. Don't sit through this and stay dry. Don't be like me when Phyllis said, well, here, here's some cream. And I said, no, no, don't put that girl smelling stuff on me. She's like, well, okay, stay dry then. No, this smells good. This smells like salvation. This smells, is that right? This is a sweet savor. And the smell of victory. And the smell of life. Somebody say, Put it on me. Put it. Grease me up, Lord. Grease me up. He won't do it unless you let him. You, you have to yield to it. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Grease me up, Jesus. (laughs) Come on, testify to somebody. Testify, say, say, I'm a greasy Christian. I'm a a greasy. I'm a greasy Christian. Oily. You want to be more technically correct? Oily. Well, my experience, oily is greasy. But in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> Go to 2 Corinthians, please. The 7th chapter. Oh, praise God. What kind of spirit is the Holy Spirit? He's the spirit of joy. How do we know what's flesh and what spirit? What to yield to? What not to yield to? Depression, fear, dryness, angst, worry, all of that's not the Holy Spirit. That's flesh and even wrong spirits. Don't yield to that. Don't put that on. Don't keep that on. But joy and life, hallelujah, peace, that's Him. That's the Holy Spirit. Yield to that. Yield to Him. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. Now there's a whole lot of this in the whole book of 2 Corinthians. You'll find numerous things here. But in 2 Corinthians 7 and 4, he said, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. Well, the Holy Spirit's the comforter. 
I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. Somebody say exceeding joyful joyful. in all our tribulation. Tribulation, we'd probably say today, trouble. And if you look up the words, it has to do with pressure. And trouble brings pressure. Anybody ever had any money trouble? Did you feel the pressure? Pressure? Got to have this by a certain time? Don't know where it's going to come from? Don't know how you're going to have it? That's pressure. But just because pressure comes against you doesn't mean you have to let it in you. You're going to see some trouble. I mean, you're going to have to deal with some things, whether somebody else has caused it or whether you caused it yourself or or the enemy. Living down here, you're not going to go through a whole life and never see trouble. Some say, well, don't confess that over me. Just, you already know it's true. I didn't say you have to go around confessing it and believing for trouble. It'll come without you believing for it. And the pressure. But what you do have control over is your response. Your response. And Paul said by the Spirit of God, I am exceeding joyful. Now the Greek word here is wonderful. It literally means to superabound. Abounding is good. Superabounding? That's way over the top. Superabounding in what? Joy. Superabounding in joy. But what was the circumstances? In tribulation. How could you do that? Because a lot of folks will say that's just not, that's not real. That's not reality. You can't do that. I mean... If you got enough pressure, ain't nobody going to be rejoicing. You don't know everybody. Right. Paul said he was. Right. If he was, it's possible. Right. Not just to rejoice, but super abounding right. in joyfulness. Right. Which would explain why he was so strong. Right. Which explained why he sailed through it. And had victory after victory after victory after victory. Hallelujah. Somebody say exceeding joyful. In all the tribulation. How can you do that? Go to James. First chapter. Let your eyes rest on it. I know a lot of you could quote it. But go there and look at it. James chapter 1. We're talking about joy in trouble. I mean, anybody can shout when the money's in the bank. Anybody can shout when you feel good. But it takes faith to put on the garment of praise when, man, if you went by feelings, you'd pull the shades. (laughs) You'd lay down and say, I feel faint. But joyful in tribulation. Joyful. On our way to James, stop by in Hebrews. 10th chapter. He said this. I mean, this is amazing when you see how he's talking about he's operating and these guys are operating. Hebrews 10 and 33. 
He said, uh, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, partly while you became companions of them that were so used, for you had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Did what? Took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. The Amplified said, you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and the confiscation of your property. You took it how? You took it how? Joyfully. There's a friend of mine over in Africa years ago. He'd been there for years. Ministry, great ministry. One day the police showed up at his door. He answered it. And they said they needed to come in. And they did. And took all his stuff. The police. And took it away. Now you might be tempted to cry. That was your favorite chair. That was your watch that the Lord gave you. Oh, y'all are, y'all are sad, and it didn't even happen to you. <laughs> That's not a good sign. That's not what we're talking about. But he said, these people took it how? If you heard about it, you said, what happened? They came over there. They confiscated all their stuff. They took all their belongings. Well, how are they taking it? Joyfully. <laughs> what? That sounds foreign to us, doesn't it? We still have much to learn about faith. They took it how? Come on, read the rest of it. How did they take it joyfully in the knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession? The reason they took it joyfully is because they experienced this Because of their stand in being Christians and being associated with Paul and standing up for him. And they knew this is just our temporary junk anyway. Our good stuff is over there. And the more faithful you are for him and the more you sacrifice for him, the better stuff you have over there. And in just a few days, you're going to be out of here anyway. So no need crying about that old chair. It was half wore out anyway. Is that right? And they make new chairs every day. And the Lord can get me a better chair. And a better couch. And a better house. And if you focus on that. And talk about that. You will have joy. If you focus on how mean they treated you. And and how sorry they were. And how unfair it is. I've heard people say. Well how's life treating you? Don't even ask me that question. Life can be cruel, man. People don't. No, God treats me good. The devil's trying to kill me every day. And a lot of folks will cooperate with him. So forget about how life's treating you. Forget about what's going on down here. But God, now that's another thing. He treats you good. He pays you more than you're worth. And whatever's going on down here is temporary. That's what he said in this fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. He said, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal. 
temporary. But the things that are not seen, they are eternal. And these guys were so focused on how short this life is, how real heaven is, how real the kingdom of God is, that they said, ah, ain't no big deal. And they, and they sat around and talked to each other about their mansion in heaven. And their nice stuff where no thief can break through and steal. And where nobody can mess it up. Nobody can get it. Not now. Not ever. Your reward is secure. It is sure in him. And all this temporary stuff. Don't you cry for three minutes about that. If we thought right. If our focus was right. Took joyfully. The spoiling of their goods. Why? How could they do? Are you with me? Hebrews 10, 34. How could they do that? Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Do you know this is how Jesus endured the cross? Did you know it? Hebrews 12, go there. Hebrews 12, just over a chapter or two. Verse 1. This is how Jesus endured the cross. It says, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Doing what? Looking at all the problems. Looking at how mean people are. Looking at what I don't have. Looking at what I've lost. No. No. You look at that. You're not going to be joyful. Can't be. You look at that. You're not going to have joy. But looking unto Jesus. Who not only got you started. But he is the finisher. Oh hallelujah. hallelujah. The perfecter. Of that which concerns you. Who what? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. How did he go through? You talk about hell. Literally. He went through it. How? How could he have gone through it? He was looking beyond it. Oh, somebody say beyond it. He was looking looking beyond it. How could he go through the cross? How could he go through the scourging? How could he go through death, yielding up his spirit? How could he go through being in the heart of the earth, being judged and and the sins of all mankind? How could he go through all that? How? The Bible tells you right here. Because of the joy that was set before him. While they were pounding those spikes through his hands and feet, he was looking at you. He was looking at me. He was looking past the cross. He was looking past the resurrection. He was looking past the 13th century, 15th century, 20th century. Come on, he was looking past all of it to see in the catching away of the church. He was seeing the marriage supper of the Lamb. He was seeing me and you sitting there saved. Rejoicing and praising God. His 
forever. He could see it. He could see it by faith. And that joy gave him the strength to endure all of it. If he could endure that, why can't we endure a few things? It depends on what you look at. I said it depends on what you look at. What you look at. Sadly, it don't take much to steal a lot of Christians' joy and peace. A flat tire can completely rob a lot of folks of all their joy and all their all their peace. A speeding ticket, being pulled over and stopped. Oh, you should see some of the looks I got just then. Well, it wasn't fair. It wasn't right. See, you're still upset over it. And you don't realize that that's what the enemy intends. It's not about that. It's about you going dry. Dry and snarky. Crusty. Because you're so dry. Oh, it's, it's hard to live dry. Ugh. So dry. It might touch you. Don't touch me. I'm dry. <laughs> Cry at the drop of a hat. Why? Because you're so dry. It's because I'm out. I'm cracking. I'm so dry. Well, put on some lotion. Put on some praise. Right? Get greasy. Oh, I think I could preach this. Get, get Get greasy, greasy, greasy in the Lord. The oil of joy. The oil of joy. Somebody say oil of joy, oil of joy, oil of joy. There's no reason for us to be dry and cracking. No reason. Because he never runs out of oil. Never. Glory to God. Looking beyond the present circumstances is how you do it. In James, are you there? James 1. James describes this in detail. James 1 verse 2. He said, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into different temptations. Now this is a similar word. It means tests. Trials. It also means being pierced. Which is akin to pressure. If there's pressure. There can be piercing. But it's the same idea. When you feel pressed. Even pierced. In trials and trouble. What do you do? Most people don't do it, but we can do it. Do what? Count it. All joy. If it felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it. Joy. Again, it's putting on the garment before you feel it. Count it all joy. Got to be a put on. Got to put it on. Man, the enemy hit you with something you weren't expecting. Your first natural response is to be upset, to be mad, to cry. You better get a hold of yourself. Do you want to come out of this or not? Better get a hold of yourself. 
What do you do? By faith you go, ha, 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 dumb devil. Ha, 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 you messed up this time. You should have picked somebody that just lay down and die with it. Because I won't. I won't. And you're going to be sorry that you messed with me. Because not only am I more than a conqueror, but I'm going to make you eat it. I'm going to make you eat it. You're going to wish you had never messed with me. Ha, ha, ha. This is an opportunity. For God to get glory in my life. This is opportunity for a testimony. For a victory. For somebody else to get inspired. Ha ha. I count it joy. I count it joy. And so you, you just felt like it. But you count it. You count it that way. You know, I've, I've thought about this before. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. In, in line with this. He was born prematurely. He had what the doctor said, incurable blood disease, deformed heart. They said nobody in his condition had ever lived past 15 or 16. And, and when he got to be that age, went just the way they said. He became bedfast months at a time, couldn't see, couldn't move, and he's dying. They told him he's dying. But the Lord showed him Mark 11:23 and 24. Showed him enough about faith. Showed him the woman with the issue of blood that her faith made her whole. People told him, oh, that's been all, all been done away with. That's, that's passed away. And the Holy Spirit asked him in the bed, said, uh, did you notice her faith made her whole? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard faith's been done away with? You ever heard salvation's been done away with? If there's no faith, there's no salvation. There's no church. Well, if faith hasn't been done away with and her faith made her whole, why wouldn't your faith make you whole? He got excited on the bed. When you start believing, you're going to get excited. Come on, can you see it? Believing and joy, the joy of faith. They are inseparable. And the moment you quit believing, the joy is gone. But when you start believing, there's the joy. And if you keep on believing, the joy stays. Why? Well, why should he be depressed and sad? He's not going to die. He's coming off the bed. He's going to live. That's something to be glad. You talk joyful. That's something to rejoice about. And he did. And it was months later. But he did. He came off the bed. Lived for decades. Preached healing and faith all over the world. Phyllis and I, our ministry is some of the fruit of that. Amongst many thousands. And you know know the devil wishes he hadn't messed with him on that. Should have just put it on somebody that would have just died with it. Because not only did he receive his healing, he wouldn't shut up. For 60 years, he wrote books and sent them by the millions all over the world, telling everybody, you can be healed too. You can have faith. You can, and the devil's going, no, 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 no. He's going, yeah. That's what I mean by making him eat it. Make it, I mean, Making him eat it every year that you keep living and you keep testifying of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. Another opportunity for God to be glorified. Another opportunity for victories, testimonies, and others to see 
and hear and believe and be inspired. Oh, somebody say, I'm a testimony. I'm a testimony in many ways. I'm a testimony. Lord, get glory to yourself in me. And in every, every part of my life, get glory to you. So, well, that'll only be if you stay in faith and live in faith, walk in faith. He said, count it all joy. Say, count it all joy. Count, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, pressure, testing, knowing this. Again, you know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works Patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You're not rejoicing over the trial and the test. You're not rejoicing over the pressure. What are you rejoicing about? I'm not looking at the things that are seen. I'm not looking at this right now. I'm looking beyond this. Hallelujah. I see the victory by faith. I see the victory. By faith, Phyllis and I could see a church building paid off in full before we had a dollar or one person in a seat. Hallelujah. And so we rejoiced about it when it looked impossible. And thing after thing, every part of the vision, you've been with us along the way, those who've been here for a while, every piece of it, you didn't see how, and there were times it looked like there's no way, but there's a way. There's, if you can look beyond it. You can look beyond it. Come on, can you look beyond where you are right now? Lift up your eyes. Quit looking at this. Quit looking. Quit looking at this. We look not at the things that are seen. We're looking beyond it. What are you looking beyond? You can sit there and look at that pile of bills on the table. Cry. Feel sorry for yourself. And when you get through... They're all going to still be there. Is that right? right? You're not going to be any better shape than you are. You're going to be in worse shape. Yeah. Or you can look beyond the bills. Right. And by faith, you can see everything paid off. Does that make you happy? Yeah. I said, does that make you happy? Yeah. Everything paid off. House paid off. Car paid off. Credit cards paid off. Back things paid off. Everything paid off. Everything paid off. Off, not writing payment checks anymore. All paid off. All paid off. All paid off. All paid off. That if you believe that, what does that do for you? That makes you smile. You go glory to God. Glory to God. That's what I believe. That's what I'm looking at. That's where I'm going. No need looking here. I'm already here. Now changes so fast that after I say it, it's already passed. I say right now. That's too late now. When is right now? When I just said it. It's not now. Why should I be focusing on right now? When it's already gone. I need to be looking out here. Where are you looking? I'm looking out here. Where am I going? The Lord said, I know about the plans I've planned for you. Good plans. I know the thoughts. I know the things. It's good. And, and faith will say, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. I, God's got a great plan for me. A good plan for me. So no need me fussing and crying about all this stuff right now. Because right now it's already behind me. I'm moving somewhere. I'm moving ahead. 
I'm moving forward. And Jesus could see by faith you and me saved. Name in the Lamb's book of life. Mansions with him. Hallelujah. Ruling and reigning with him. And because of that, he could endure the very tough stuff that was going on in the right now. And he made it through. He's our example. We can endure whatever's going on right now. Not by looking at it right now, but by looking beyond. By seeing victory. Seeing healing. Seeing abundant provision. Come on, are you seeing it with me by faith? Come on. I can see. I can see Faith Life Church Branson and Faith Life Church Sarasota and folks join us that join us regularly on the internet. I can see all your stuff paid off. I can see it. I can see it. Can you see it or not? I can see it. I can see the only checks you write monthly, they're not for payments anymore. They're to send to support ministries and do Woo! I can see you. Symptom free. Body healed. Organs healed. Bones healed. Joints healed. Hallelujah. Moving the way you want to move. Going where you want to go. Doing what you need to do. And not just using it to sit around and do something useless. But do something for the Lord. Go somewhere for him. Do something for him. Accomplish something. I can see it. I can see it. Can you see it? If you see it, if you believe it, it don't make you sad. It makes you happy. It gives you joy. Look up from where you are now and look where you're going. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, the spirit of joy. The spirit of joy and the oil of joy and gladness is mine. Oh, just close your eyes and focus on him. Focus on him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Come on, focus on him a little bit. Lift up your hands. Thank him. By faith, see beyond where you are. See beyond the feelings. See beyond the symptoms. See beyond the problems. See a brighter day. See victory in every way. Oh, hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.